Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast with yours truly. I am the franchise. Today is Friday, June 19th. First and foremost, I want to say happy Independence Day to all the African-Americans out there. Today is our Independence Day. It is Juneteenth. It is June 19th. And it is officially the day that we were announced that we were free from slavery. Just wanted to throw that out there as I am young black man in America. So I felt like I needed to just express that as I am recording this on June 19th. With that being said, we have so much to get into. I wanted to do this episode. This is actually going to be an episode that is going to contain my thoughts and opinions on what has gone on this past week. Backlash was Sunday. We had the fourth chapter, the fourth installment of the Last Ride documentary. Raw took place, NXT took place, and then SmackDown is tonight with the return of Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse. Okay, all that and I'll say and more to get into. So let's jump right into the bait. Let's jump right into backlash. Okay, follow the Instagram page, which is RCW underscore podcast you did see there is a little thumbnail on there with my reactions to every match that took place and i did another story the next day because i did re-watch it because when i originally watched the show mainly the main event which was the greatest wrestling match ever randy orton edge I thought about some of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen. And I've named them Steamboat Savage. You know, I didn't watch that live, but I watched it later in my, you know, later on in my years. Watch that. That was a great match. But from my watching from the day I started really getting into wrestling, the Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, the Stone Cold Bret Hart matches. You know, I go to the Survivor Series. I go to WrestleMania 13. I think of recent matches as far as Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. I think about Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. I think about... Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, Undertaker versus, you know, I'll even throw Undertaker Brock in there. Not the not the latest ones, but when Brock was the next big thing, just that's just a list of just a few great matches. And I'm thinking about those and I'm asking myself. Can. These matches, can the Randy Orton Edge match, can the Randy Orton Edge match hold up to that standard? What it did was it paid homage, in my opinion, to the great wrestling matches. It told a story. You know, that's the one thing about the re- that's the one thing about wrestling is it, it tells stories. So for us to for me to watch this again, 
and I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, okay, I see what they're doing. You know, they're paying homage to the past times. You know, I liked, like I said in the story, I liked how they paid homage to like the old WrestleManias. I like how they had Howard Finkel's voiceover. I like how they, and I didn't realize it until I watched it again, but they plugged in. I know they were saying that they were plugging in the sounds and all this, but they were plugging in sounds from different generations of wrestling, the crowd reaction. So I understood that now. When I watched it originally, I was kind of like, I was like, you know, I did say because I'm like, why did they just announce that they were there were certain cam there were different camera angles and they were um, inserting sounds and things like that. And it really had me bothered because I'm like, why are y'all doing this? There's no reason for y'all to basically let the fans know like, hey, this has been pre-recorded. But then I understood why they did it. They did it because they wanted you to understand that what they're doing is they are inserting things, these things because they're paying homage. They're paying respect to the past. And that's a good thing. You know, you always got to give credit to where credit is due. I even believe Undertaker said that he almost shed a tear watching this match because it was storytelling in its purest form. With that being said, watching the show overall, I give it about a six and a half or seven overall. Okay. We did leave out. We did leave certain matches was left thinking like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like for example, Oscar versus Nia Jax that ended in a double count out. So everybody's kind of curious on what's going to happen. I'm going to actually get more into that later with the clip that Charlotte did on Raw Talk. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Drew obviously retained. Now it's like, okay, where does Bobby go from here? Are they going to continue this rivalry between these two? Street Profits and Viking Raiders which is the very, a very funny thing that you had the, I believe it's the Viking Prophets. Um, but they have a, they're wrestling this Monday upcoming. It's so much. And then you had like um, Akira Tozawa. He has, he's inserted into this somehow. And now he's a part of this little group with ninjas. And you have some, tall about seven two ninja with him you know it, it was very entertaining that was entertaining and then you have all the other matches that went along with it you know uh sasha banks and bailey retained their tag team titles they actually will be facing the iconics this upcoming monday on raw sheamus and jeff hardy fought jeff hardy Lost to Sheamus. Um, that was a. I kind of. I did not expect Jeff Hardy to win. You know, I knew that Sheamus was going to win. I just had that gut feeling. To tell you the truth, I want to say 
when I was doing my predictions and I was going through everything, I don't think I got one match wrong. The Oscar Nia Jax match might have been the only one, but based based off of the fact that it was a double disqualif a double countout, and because of that, Oscar retained. You know, I don't think that I had one match wrong. I don't think so. You know, maybe the Street Profits Viking Raiders match because I did pick. Um, I don't even think I, I did not. I think I picked the Street Profits to win, but that didn't turn out that way because they didn't actually have a match. So overall, the show was okay. You know, we have Extreme Rules coming up in a couple of weeks in July. I'm kind of interested to see where what's what's happening. Okay, um, Bray Wyatt is supposed to be on SmackDown tonight. The Firefly Funhouse supposed to come back. I'm curious to see if he's going to come back into the title equation against Braun. Are we going to see the Fiend come back? Okay, and we do have a Roman Reigns. He did make an announcement or not an announcement, but he did a cameo, I believe, in which he had basically said that when he comes back, I'm going to kick ass, take my title and everybody's going to be mad. I wish I had that clip so I could just play it for y'all so y'all can know. But I'm going to be honest with you. I miss Roman Reigns. I do. As much as you know, you heard me and you heard me on the podcast and I've had a dislike for Roman, more so for the character, not the man, more so for what the WWE producers have done, which was like force feed us Roman instead of us naturally liking him because we did like Roman when he first was a part of the shield and everything. We all embraced it. We loved it. Then when he became force fed, it became just this, we were just tired of him, but because of him not being around, you know, you know, that saying, you know, absentee makes the heart grow. So, Roman Reigns not being here is definitely making me miss him. You know, I, I do want to hear the darn it, darn it. I do want to hear that music coming. I want to see him come out. And even even if it's just to do his stupid Superman punch in the, in the spear, like. He's really missed on SmackDown. You know, you don't really see and realize how much he is missed until He's not there. And that's proven right now. So kind of interested to see where this goes is Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Are they going to have another match at Extreme Rules? What's happening with everything? What's going on with the Raw women's title, which I'm going to get into in a few minutes. What's going on with SmackDown women's title, the the women's tag team title, all this stuff, everything, everything I want to know what's going to be led up to basically extreme rules. 
Um, one of the questions I did have about the Intercontinental title was why is it that they did not put the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match on the card at Backlash? Then I thought about it. If you have the greatest wrestling match advertised as Edge versus Orton, and you have Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in on the same card, guess what's going to happen? That match, AJ versus Dan, Daniel Bryan, is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever, surpassing Edge versus Orton. So I understand why they did that. That was a smart move for them to put that match on SmackDown instead of on Backlash. Because you would have thought crowning a new Intercontinental Champion would be something that's going to be on a pay-per-view, not on a regular TV show. But after thinking about it and understanding it, it made more sense. So I was just talking about Charlotte and the women's title. Now, there was a petition. I don't know if it's still out there, but it's on change. It was on change.org for Charlotte to get removed from the, from the title reign. Okay. No more Charlotte Flair title reigns. It's on change.org. It is actually still active right now. It, it, it has 3,911 as of right now, because people are still signing on to it. Right now, currently, it has nine, it has 3,918 signatures. The goal is to get to 5,000. It says, and I quote, who started this petition wrote this. Society has progressed past the need for another Charlotte frame. We are tired of Charlotte's reign, the four horsewomen in general, but we're starting with Charlotte first. Okay. So with that being said, here's my opinion before I play this clip from Raw Talk. Here's my opinion on the state of the women's division on Raw and SmackDown. I agree that the horsewomen are getting overkill. Okay. I feel like what the WWE has done has made the women's division solely about Becky, who is obviously no longer active because of her pregnancy, but it was Becky, Charlotte, Beck, Bailey, Sasha. Now, each one of them, with the exception of Sasha, but her time is coming, has had a long standing title reign and was the face of the division for a long period of time. 
Charlotte has always been the, 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 the poster. Becky grew. Becky's popularity grew. The fans got behind Becky. The fans started saying Becky deserves X, Y, and Z. And that's what happened. Bailey, similar to Becky, fans were behind her. Becky, I mean, Bailey, though, has taken the role of being the heel. And I feel, though, as if Bailey is the best right now. This is the best Bailey I've seen since watching her in NXT. Okay. I love the role model character. I love the the manipulating, but yet I guarantee you once her and Sasha start feuding, Bailey is going to be in denial about what she did, what she's done, her influence or her way of what has been going on and how she has you sorry, how she has used Sasha. And then we, speaking of Sasha, and then we have Sasha, who since being called up to the main roster, to Raw and SmackDown from NXT, I feel like she's the one that hasn't had that moment yet, but her moment is coming where she is going to be the one that's going to take it and run with it. But I feel though as if with Sasha, it's better with Sasha being a heel or even a tweener. A face, I don't like Sasha as the face because in NXT, she was always better as a heel. She was always like she fit in. This is a conversation that we've always uh, we've always spoke on this podcast. I've always talked about it just in general. I will always take being a heel over being a face. Because being a heel, being that villain, you can do more. Being a face, you you have to, you know, walk this line and you can't trip. You know, that's why I would love to see Roman as a heel. Because then Roman can really like just let let loose. You know, that's why a lot of people wanted to see John Cena as a heel, because they can he can let loose and not have to worry about doing certain things, playing a certain role, being the role model, you know. That's why I love when Tommaso Ciampa's a heel. I love when Finn Balor. Now he's like a heel, but still kind of he has edge to him. Um, I like, you know, I like the new Gargano. I like how he is. No heart, all soul. You know, I love that. I love Adam Cole as a heel. I don't never want to see Adam Cole as a face, you know, but I understand that the popularity and, and the fans love him but they still know that he's a heel. They still know that the Undisputed Era is a heel faction. Um, Velveteen. Velveteen is a tweener because he can be a heel and he's great at it, but he can be a face as well. You know, Ricochet 
God knows he needs something. You know, I feel like he needs to turn heel. I need to think that he needs to have a mouthpiece and he needs to turn heel. Just let Ricochet just be a heel because, you know, it. it's needed. There needs to be more heels, in my opinion, just saying. But <laughs> back to the whole thing about the whole women's division. They've forced us with the horsewoman that all the other talent that's on the roster is not getting their shine. Charlotte is the most talented in rink for now. But Bianca Belair is on her way. Naomi is the most athletic in the ring. You have Ruby Riot. She's good in the ring. Liv Morgan, you know, Liv Morgan is, she has the look, the stereotypical WWE women's look, like the blonde hair, attractive, nice body. That's what Vince wants. Vince wants eye candy. And that's what you see. Shayna Baszler, great in the ring. Great fucking heel. But as I said, just said about Liv, it's about the look. Shayna doesn't have the look. Okay. Lacey Evans, Sonya Deville, Mandy, you know, you have so many different talent, Carmella, but they're not doing nothing with them. It's all predicated around those four. And they're inserted in some type of title picture immediate, like within that time frame. Asuka, Kyrie Sane. I understand Kyrie Sane is, you know, she's she's sidelined with an injury right now, but they're saying that she may not want to come back because of certain situations. You know, she's not getting a push. She's not really. And I would have loved to see Kyrie turn on Oscar and become a heel and and fight for the title. Is that going to happen? I'm not sure because of what was announced over what was announced yesterday. And I will address that right after I play this. So on Raw. On Mondays after Raw, they have Raw Talk. Raw Talk has come back. Um, it's their little post-Raw show where they interview. It's Charlie Caruso and Samoa Joe. They interview. It's about 20 minutes that they do. 20 to 25, maybe half hour that they do where they're just talking to certain superstars. And on this episode from this past Monday, it was... Charlotte Flair and Charlotte addressed a lot and she addressed what she's been seeing on the internet and things like that. And I want to play this clip and then I'm going to jump into my thoughts on this. So this is Charlotte Flair from Raw Talk this past Monday. No, uh <laughs> What he was asking me was, who gets under my skin? Exactly. And the thing is, it, it's not about who gets under my skin. It's about why they get under my skin. And, you know, I see 
I hear and I read what people say about me, that I'm entitled, that I'm always in the title picture. And here, here's the thing. I am the only person that shows up to work 365 days a year. I'm never sick. I'm never hurt. I am the hardest working person in this company. I'm on Raw. I'm on SmackDown. Hell, I do media for Fox and I'm not even on Fox. NXT. And then they, and then they send me to NXT. No, I do anything and everything they ask because I love this business and I strive for greatness. So it's the entitled people that get under my skin. It is the people that sit at home for a year and then come back and are in the title picture. And you call me entitled because I am busting my ass 365 days a year to be the best? No, it's the people like Nia Jax who come back and are in the title picture. Uh, I've beaten Oscar twice now and I haven't had my title match. So what, I've had the Raw Championship how many times now? I think five? but that means that I can't have it a sixth time? That I'm not owed that? I'm not owed a title match? No, it's people like Sasha Banks who take time off and then come back in the title picture, but I'm entitled? No, it's the entitled people that get under my skin. Sorry, I had to get off that, had to get that off my chest. Uh, apparently, Ooh. yes, I feel very strongly about that. You guys say. No, I feel very strongly about it because I am damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. I am Ric Flair's daughter and I know it but he didn't pass the torch, I took it. And everything that I have up until now is because I have worked that hard for it and I am the most consistent person in this company. And, and I think we'd be hard pressed to find anybody more ambitious. And speaking of yes. such ambition, who, are, who is next on Queen Charlotte's list? I mean, who is the next target for your next conquest? Cause I mean, Ooh. you've always pushed forward. <laughs> so what's going on? Well, I'm owed my title match. I've beaten Oscar twice. How, how, do, how does Nia get a title match? Well, you've always, we, oh, wait, and I'm, I will say, I'm the entitled one. I didn't you've sit at home for a, a year and come have, back in a title match. You have match. always found a way to inject yourself into a title picture. And I, I'm, I'm hard <laughs> pressed to find out why you're not doing it right now. Yeah, how no, do you I'm do it? Demanding it. <laughs> but no, you, but, that's but the you've thing. done people more think, than demanding. You've, you've never been about the talk. That, yeah, no, I've never been about the talk. I put in the work. I don't talk the talk. I walk the walk. Every Monday, every NXT, and every time I'm on SmackDown. So, That's so, what separates so me from here. everybody how long, else. How long until you start walking the walk all over Nia Jax? How long until you start interjecting yourself into the situation? Because we know that's the natural progression. It is. I don't know. I do what I want. That's what I told my dad. Is this Since something? day one, I watched him do what he wanted to his, his entire career. So I'm learning from the best. I do what I want to. And with that being said... It was announced yesterday that the Raw women's title will be on the line during a championship Monday edition of Raw. Oscar will be defending the Raw women's title against the queen, Charlotte Flair. Now, I think back to what she said. It is true. Charlotte Flair is the most consistent person on that roster. Never been injured, never took a day off, has been there through and through. Okay. However, it does, it does give, it wouldn't hurt. Let me say that. It wouldn't hurt that your father 
is arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. He is to me. He's to a lot of people. Holds the record for the most titles, the most title reign. Okay. So you have to understand that when people see Charlotte Flair and they think of Ric Flair and they think about the Ric Flair legacy and Charlotte, who hasn't been in the business for 10 years, and she's already a multiple double digit title holder. Flair held the title 16, 17, 18 times. No one is going to surpass that. No one wants to surpass that title reign. John Cena, Flair even said it. Flair said he wanted John Cena to surpass it. And John Cena said, no, that's yours. That's you. I will never surpass that. I would never want to surpass that. You are the foundation. You are the blueprint. You are the GOAT. Never going to do that. Charlotte surpassed Trish Stratus because Trish was the only one who held the title seven times. She surpassed Charlotte. I mean, she surpassed Trish and is about to double that. Do I think that Charlotte's going to win on Monday? No. I think that Nia Jax will get involved based off of what she said. She called Nia entitled because Nia who's been gone for a year and some change, came back and was inserted into the title picture. Sasha Banks, who was gone for some time, came back and was inserted into the title picture. Okay? Think about that. Because that's exactly what happened. It was last year when she, Sasha Banks, Came back. And when she came back, that's when she, you know, came back with the blue hair and came back with a with a purpose. And she was inserted into the title picture and had her little story and feud with with Becky. So I get and understand why Charlotte feels that way. But. Fans, she has to also understand, and and she probably won't, but fans want to see different people. Prime example, I, and I was very, I was very vocal when I said this, I was terrified of Bianca Belair getting called up because I didn't want her to be where she is right now. Bianca Belair is doing matches on the main event. And I don't mean like the main event, like the main show. No, the show main event, which is. I didn't even know that that still aired, but it does. And that's where she is. She is. On the main event, she is the EST. She's the greatest, strongest, the fastest. And yet. She's. Not on the main roster. Why? Why is he subject to the main event show? Why is it that Shannon Baszler is subject to not even being on the show, period? That 
bothers me. Because you see NXT and NXT's roster, their female division, they work, they're they're working with their division. That's why they used to say the women's division at NXT is the best division. It's the best. Because of what they do with their talent. Even the talent that you might not think is doing something, they're still doing it. They are. There's no end ends. There's no if ands or buts about it. The NXT female roster puts in their work. You're not seeing that with the with the Raw and SmackDown roster, female roster. And it's sad because they have the talent. I was watching NXT and when they showed Sasha Banks and Bailey against Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, you seen joy and happiness in Sasha Banks and NXT. Why is that? Because there's more excitement, there's more fun, it's more free in NXT than it is on the main roster on Raw and SmackDown. That says a lot. That tells a lot. So with that being said, it was announced, like I said, Charlotte versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title in a Champions edition of Raw. Speaking of Raw, speaking of titles, very interested to see what's going to happen with Drew McIntyre. Since this is a champion edition of Raw, who does Drew McIntyre going to face? You know, um, we're we're seeing a f- crack in the shield of Zelina Vega's little stable. Um, I've been seeing and feeling that Angel Garza and Andrade would feud. I can see Andrade turning face. Angel Garza is the typical cocky heel. And apparently Vince McMahon sees a lot of Eddie Guerrero in Angel Garza, which is... That's saying a lot. So I'm kind of interested to see that. I'm starting to see that Apollo Crews is being recruited by MVP. I know that they had mentioned Apollo Crews possibly turning heel. Um, If he's going to be feuding with Kevin Owens, which I can see happening in the foreseeable future, I don't see them making Kevin Owens a heel again. So I can see it where he does, Apollo Crews does turn. And you're starting to see a little bit of, you know, a little change in Apollo Crews' attitude even, you know, now. So I'll be curious to see that. It will be interesting to see, you know, MVP create this stable. Now, who I think he should pick up is Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. If he picks those two up and then they create their stable and you take Apollo Crews, U.S. champ, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, they fight for the tag team titles. 
let's just say they get the tag team titles and you have Bobby Lashley competing for the WWE title. Not to say that Bobby Lashley could beat Drew McIntyre, but it, it, it wouldn't pass me by, you know? And speaking of Drew, I must say, as much as I like the Drew McIntyre character and I like, you know, him as a person, without no crowd, without the true crowd, the fans that really love Drew McIntyre, his title reign is not, it's not holding up. Just like with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman title reign, you know, we know that, we know for a fact that Braun Strowman's title reign is just because Roman. It's just because of this COVID. That's the only reason why. Drew McIntyre, though, we knew going into WrestleMania, going into the year, he won Royal Rumble. We knew that, hey, this was what's going to happen. He's about to be the next champion. We know this. We feel it. The crowd was behind him. The crowd was, we were caping for him. We were, let's go. That didn't end up happening with the fans. And I really feel like this, that has, I don't want to use the word tarnish, but it's, it's left a certain stain on his title rank. It has. And I feel bad for him because of that. Because of the fact that this man is not holding up to what he's supposed to do. Like, not holding up. I'm not going to say that. But the title reign is not living up to the hype behind Drew McIntyre the way I think Vince wanted it to be. And it's because of this virus. It's because of COVID. It's because of this pandemic. Okay. I really hope that this is not the only title reign that he has because I would love for him to have another title reign when fans are back. And while he's a face, not while he's a heel, while he's a face. You know, because the fans, I think fans will embrace it and love it, you know. So speaking on Raw and everything that's going on. The Monday Night Messiah. Seth Rollins. Now, I was watching a certain, I was watching the ace on Masad. He had made a story and he was talking about how he can't wait for Dominic, you know, to be in the ring and all this. And He felt like Dominic should go to NXT first. I I agree, but also I I agree to disagree. I do believe that he should start in NXT as most people do, but because of his name, because of who he is, because he's been inserted in these storylines with the main roster, going to NXT will be stupid for him because He's already been inserted in the main rosters. He was inserted in this storyline with him and with Ray and Brock. He's now inserted in a storyline with 
Ray and Seth Rollins. And I believe, and I really believe this is going to happen. Dominic's going to turn on Ray. Dominic and Ray is going to have a match. That will be Ray Mysterio's final match is against his son. Ray has said he's always wanted to have a match with his son. There will be nothing more for him than to have his match, his one of his final matches with his son, Dominic. I can see Seth Rollins getting Dominic under his wing, putting him with his congregation and him being that, him being the next one. That's what I can see. Now, my question is, is I'm kind of curious is where does this leave Seth? Like, what is all this going to do for Seth Rollins? Because is Seth going to get back into the title equation? Like, where does this leave Seth? Because I, I love the gimmick. I love what he's doing. This is very much... CM Punk straight edge society. It is, it is a knock on CM Punk and his whole straight edge. It's just a different version of it. You know. And I'm just I, I'm very curious on that. Very, very curious to see where where we go from here with Seth Rollins. Um because a, a second-tier title will not do it for Seth Rollins. He would need the heavyweight title. But it will be interesting to see what they do with that. Now, let's go into the biggest talk of this week. The return of the legend killer, Randy Orton. The greatest wrestling match ever took place at Backlash. Randy Orton successfully defeated Edge. He defeated him, though, with a move that was, I believed, was banned from the was banned from wrestling, which was the punt. So he wins. He wins with the punt. He tells, he tells Randy, Randy tells Edge. You can go back to your wife and your kids. Tell your kids Uncle Randy said hi. It's just a sick bastard right there. Let's just, let's just go with that, okay? Sick. But then the following night, Christian is out. And Randy confronts Christian. And I had a feeling, I remember when they first started this feud, I said, what would be great is to see Edge attack Christian, like at WWE backstage with no explanation, just attack him with no explanation, just pure show up, attack him. Few people was like, no, you can't. Christian can't even take a hit. He can't take a bump. The concussions that he's had is, is too much for him. Okay. I understand that. I understand. Then all of a sudden, this past Monday, Christian comes out. Randy Orton's out there. Randy Orton says, let's have a match. 
non-sanctioned, me and you. If you don't, you prove yourself to be a coward. They have this match. Ric Flair comes out. Ric Flair proves why he's the dirtiest player in the game and you can't trust Flair because Flair low blows Christian and Randy Orton punts Christian. Now, I'm not sure if this episode of Raw was taped, was pre-taped because we know that at Backlash, which that match was pre-taped, Edge suffered an injury. He suffered a torn tricep. He's out for the, I believe, for the remainder of the year. Um, that's projectively what they have said is he's out for the remainder of the year. Who knows? Because certain people, John Cena happens to be one of them. He was supposed to be out. He comes back. Okay. He comes back. Now, Randy Orton, I believe this situation was supposed to lead to an extreme rules match between maybe Edge and Randy Orton. This was it. This was it. This was going to be the match to end it all. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. It leaves you up in the air, not knowing who, not knowing what what's going to happen now with Randy Orton. People are people on Twitter and people on social media are saying Randy Orton should go after Drew McIntyre and and get the title back. I've said this before. Sometimes you don't need the heel to win the title. Sometimes the character is bigger than in a sense, than the title, like what they're doing is bigger than that. They don't need to have the title right now to go forward, like to, to move in anything. So I'm kind of curious to see where this is going. What's going to happen with Randy Orton next. Now, Tommaso Ciampa has been going back and forth with Randy. Is it a possibility that, Champa is going to come up to Raw for a certain period of time to feud with him. Is Randy going to go down to NXT? What exactly is going to happen? I would love to see a match between those two. I think they'll do great in the ring. I think they'll do great. They'll, I think they'll have great chemistry. I think that they will tell a great story. I think the promos will be incredible. I think that it will literally be one of the best feuds of the year during this time. Especially if you have the cross brand, if you have him on NXT, if you have Ciampa come up to Raw, you know, I can't say have, you know, Randy attack like Gargano or, you know, RKO Candace because it doesn't go with the characters unless you now to say, yo, yes, we were rivals, but this is still like my best friend. This is still one of my best friends. And you just, you know, whatever, like you just took them out, whatever the case may be. 
make it more realistic. Cool. I'm all for it. You know, I just want to see what they're going to do with Randy Orton next. I want to see what they're going to do with a lot of things. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Braun, everybody, everybody. I'm really curious to see where this, where all this goes. Um, Quick little side note with NXT, since we were talking about NXT, this upcoming Wednesday, there is a triple threat match for the North American title. Keith Lee is defending it against Johnny Gargano with Finn Balor. Whoever wins that match will then go on to face Adam Cole on the July 8th edition of NXT in a winner takes all match. I'm telling you this much. I am... I'm not sure who I want to see win this match because I would love to see Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. I would like the inner kid in me, like the inner wrestler fan in me would love to see Finn versus Adam Cole because we never seen them to really go at it like that. We've seen Gargano versus Adam Cole. They've had good matches. But if I had to pick, I would go Keith Lee over Finn because I sincerely feel like Finn, if this pandemic wasn't going on, Finn was going after Walter and the UK NXT UK title. That's what I sincerely feel like. I sincerely think that that's what was going to happen. But because of that, it's been set back. So now Finn has to, you know, challenge for these titles. So that's what I think. Um, big congratulations to Drake Maverick. He did get a contract with the WWE with NXT. Um, some people feel like it was a part of a storyline. Other people don't. I personally, I don't know what to believe because of everything. I do believe that that promo or that video that he cut when he found out he was released was true. It was authentic. You can tell in his voice. And even if you just follow Drake Maverick and on social media or just hear any interviews, he is he is really a fan of the business and loves the business. So I'm not going to say that 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 video that he did was fake. Okay. But I am happy to see that he is back in in the WWE. Um I feel like he will be getting the um NXT Cruiserweight title soon. Just in a matter of time. But I'm done speaking on WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. It is time.
The Last Ride, Chapter 4, The Battle Within. This is covering the Super Showdown between him and Brock Lesnar, him being The Undertaker, for those that don't know. Um, But this episode, this chapter covered more so Undertaker and him being more open with coming out more as Mark Calloway and no longer The Undertaker. Um, He was speaking about being more involved in social media and his reason behind it. You know, him saying that he realized that his days in the ring were numbered and it he wanted to capitalize on opportunities that he couldn't capitalize on while being an undertaker character. He spoke about how he was true to his character. He was true to that. He always was kayfabing. Okay. Um, They did show blooper reels of promos that they were cutting and just seeing how him and Paul Bear just was interacting. You know, the one thing I do, I will say is he's not in these four chapters. You really don't hear him speak much of his relationship with Paul Bear. I'm kind of curious on why. You know, I would love to hear him speak on that relationship. Like, you got to think for over a decade, it, it was always Undertaker and Paul Bear. It was always them two. Them two was always at the, they were always together. Rather, if they were together as superstar manager or he, Paul Bear, tra- turned on him and joined with Mankind and then with Kane and then reunited with Paul Bear or reunited with Undertaker to form the corporate ministry or the Ministry of Darkness, then the corporate ministry and everything. Even to, I believe, the last time Undertaker and Paul Bear did anything, I believe it was WrestleMania 20 when Undertaker came back and Paul Bear came back with him. So I'm kind of, I, I want to hear more of Undertaker's relationship with Paul Bear. But then they talked about how superstars used to try to break Undertaker, like break him out of character because he was always in character 24-7. He was Undertaker 24, 24-7, 365, no days off, always Undertaker, always in black, always gothic, always dead man. Like, and they tried to break him. There's that infamous clip of him and JBL in the ring and JBL's yelling at him, telling him that he needs a vacation and he just needs to do all this stuff. And you could just see him trying. He was like, I almost broke you. I know I broke myself, but I almost broke you. That's what JBL told him. 
Um, there is the infamous, another infamous scene where Booker T says, I think it's time for Undertaker Rooney and tried to get him to do the spinner Rooney. And this is when everyone came out to try to get him to break. And even Vince tried to come out and Vince, you know, did it. And it just the. The sheer laughter that you get from Undertaker with this whole situation. And then there was a scene that we never seen before. I never seen before, but Kurt Angle, this was, I believe when they were overseas or something like that. And it was a live show and Undertaker and Kurt Angle in the ring and under Kurt Angle gave Undertaker a hug and he kissed him and he ran out the ring. And Kurt just like had this look like he was just like, I got, I got him. And Undertaker still in character was like, you know, and this is back when I believe he was like big evil, you know? So he was, he was talking, but he wasn't, you know, never broke character. He goes, you know, Kurt, it's going to be a long ride home for you. And just he, he did it within the American or not American, but he did it within the big evil character. And he spoke on how now you can still you could be your character, but then be yourself. And it's it's fine. It's OK. You know, and he's trying. He's like, it's some getting used to. And then they talked about the infamous StarCast 2 situation. Now, for those that are unaware of what happened, StarCast was May 23rd to the 26th of 2019. StarCast 2. Now, when the promoting for this took place, they promoted that Undertaker because Undertaker agreed to it because he got with the social media group that wanted to get him out there and expose more exposure, more endorsements, more things like that. And they signed him up for this for this signing at StarCast. But StarCast also had an AEW event taking place as well. And Vince was not happy with this. And Vince contacted Undertaker, like, what are you doing? You know, this is like, what what are you thinking? And Undertaker's like, everybody knows I'm, ne- I'm never leaving the company. Like, you should know this. But Undertaker and Vince had a fallout over it. Which I understand, you know, anybody that's in the business knows Vince, you know, Vince is loyal and Vince is loyal to Undertaker and he expected Undertaker to have that same loyalty to him, which Undertaker does. Undertaker didn't see it like that, but Undertaker didn't know about this other company coming out and having their show and knowing that this is what's going on. So he said that they had a fallout and then they eventually came together and, you know, made amends and patched things up. And then they showed him at WrestleMania, WrestleMania week. And they talked about it and they talked about his, him not being on WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania 35. And he wasn't used to it. And 14 years, he was always on the card. 
And then you start to see how he's really feeling about the situation. You see him, he's sitting back there and he's looking and he just, he, you can sense that he's not happy about it, you know? But then I also watched and I was like, you know what? I could see Undertaker as a producer. I could, I could see Undertaker as a producer. So then with all that being said, um, he turned around and the next night was when he showed up on Raw and attacked Elias. And then the idea of him and Goldberg started to come into play. And this match with him and Goldberg, as I said before, it was a shit show. I still to this day have not watched that match. And just to see the disgust in his face. Now, the one thing that I kept hearing about and kept hearing rumbles about is them having an issue. Goldberg and Undertaker have an issue backstage, like Undertaker getting extremely upset at Goldberg. Because of the jackhammer that, you know, could have went, it could have went catastrophic. It could have it got ugly. Um, and just the unprofessionalism and the work that Brock, I mean, not Brock, but the work that Goldberg did in the ring. There were so many reports that they had this big blow up and all this stuff and they had to be restrained and all this but you didn't see that in the episode. You didn't even hear about it. You just heard him say, you know, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was bad. And Michelle McCool was talking about how she had contacted the doctors, her doctor, personal doctors to see if everything was okay. And then Undertaker, you know, telling her like, you know, I really, I really messed my back up, you know? So to see that was kind of like just, I have my personal opinion on Goldberg as a wrestler. I don't think that he's good at all. Um, I think he's more prone to hurt people than he is to actually, you know, work. So then obviously they get into the extreme rules match with go, not Goldberg. You get into the extreme rules match with Undertaker and Roman versus Drew McIntyre, Shane McMahon, which a lot of people felt like that was a good match from Undertaker. And I remember watching that show and I believe I even did an episode on it where I said, if you listen to how Michael Cole is speaking on The Undertaker, it's like your count is like it's setting up to the end. Like the end is near for The Undertaker. Like this might be the last match that Undertaker did. And of course, Undertaker goes backstage and he's talking to Vince and he tells Vince, he's like, I can't do it no more. This, this is it for me. And Vince is like, nah, man, nah, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You know, just sleep on it. And he said, you know, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some reevaluating, but my body, I, you know, my body's done and all this. And Vince said something and he said, Mark, anything you do, I'm going to follow your lead. The respect that Undertaker and Vince McMahon have for each other. 
is unparalleled. I think when Vince, I think when Undertaker gets inducted in the Hall of Fame, there is no other person that will induct him other than Vince McMahon. You, you can't get another person to induct him in this Hall of Fame other than Vince. You know, the respect that the that the superstars had for him, you see it on this episode, you see it throughout, but you really see it in this episode because you see you see him more backstage and he's with the wrestlers and the superstars. He's talking to them and it's just a let like that amount of respect that's given to him is incredible. Then everybody starts talking about. Undertaker and they start speaking on the crowd and and how it's hard to go away. And Scott Hall says something about Mick Jagger said, made a statement about the crowd and how he gets up for the crowd and does all this. And Triple H said something. And he said something that was very telling. And it had me thinking, this is why. Undertaker still does this. This is Triple H from The Last Ride. Yes, there's a loyalty to Vince, but I believe that the truth is not the loyalty to Vince, it's the loyalty to this, all of it. And it's not money, it's not fame, it's not any of the stuff, it's the moments, it's the excitement, it's that connection to the fans. It's the dragon. The loyalty is to the dragon. That you're chasing. The loyalty is to the dragon you're chasing. That's telling. Because you're realizing that it's not about the money. It's not about the loyalty to Vince. But it's everything. It's everything. Like Triple H said, it's all of this. It is the fans, it's the pop, it's the the excitement, the thrill, that joy that you get when you do something that you love. And that's what Undertaker's doing. Undertaker loves this business so much, he doesn't know how to let go of it. And I loved the teaser that they did at the end of the show where Undertaker's talking and Undertaker's like, yeah, I think I have a few more matches in me. And who do you see him walking and talking with? The phenomenal one, AJ Styles, which leads into the second, which leads into the final chapter. I wish there had, I wish they did more than just a 40 minute show a five part this is more than five parts there's so much more that you can get into so much more I'm wondering how long this fifth chapter is going to be it has to be long you can't just summarize it within 40 minutes 45 minutes no no you gotta give us everything and I do mean everything so chapter five, the last chapter of the last ride docuseries will be dropping on Father's Day, the 21st. 
Um, I will be doing an up. I will be watching it in its totality. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch all of the episodes back. I'm going to do a whole recap on the whole show. And I may just have a guest with me. Um, I'm not going to confirm or I'm not going to confirm anything yet. I'm just going to wait on it. But if so, you'll be surprised. It'll be a brand new guest. It's it's not going to be the ace. It'll be a brand new guest. But I look forward to seeing this. I look forward to watching all of it in, in its totality again. And I'm just looking forward to this week in wrestling. You know, we got a lot going on. We have the Firefly Funhouse coming back, like I said, this tonight. Then we have Raw Champion Edition, Championship Edition of Raw. Um, but they only announced the women's match, the women's the Raw women's title on the line and the, and the Raw tag team titles on the line. They haven't announced anything else. So I'm kind of curious to see who Drew's going to face who Apollo Crews is going to face. And our truth is there. So, yeah, we already know. But that's it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, Make sure that you are following the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast page on Instagram, RCW underscore podcast. Um, make sure that you... Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Make sure that you listen or follow us on Spotify. Just make sure that you just tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, we are available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, just to name a few. Um, And we look I look forward to hearing from people. I look forward to doing more content. Um, I do try to speak more on, <clears throat> sorry, I do try to speak more on the Instagram page with like the up the daily up to dates. And then the podcast is just covering the major things that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Like I do know that Paul Heyman has been removed as the director of the creative director for or the executive producer director of raw. Now Bruce Pritchard's taking over. Paul Hamish is going to be a uh, on air talent again. Kind of curious to see what happens with that. Um, there's reports that now with the pandemic and COVID kind of slowing down, not really, but Brock Lesnar is being able to travel from Canada. So there's all these reports that Brock's coming back. We just have to wait and see how everything plays out. So like I said, thank you all for tuning in, for listening. I will be back with another episode in the foreseeable future. I'm not going to say when I'll be back. I'll just say that I'll be back with another episode. Just stay tuned, stay plugged in, make sure you'll hear more about when episodes are coming through the Instagram page. So if you follow the Instagram page, you will hear when the new episodes are dropping. Take care. Enjoy this week of wrestling. And I will be back till next time.